I am Brent Heisman. This is the east side of the cafeteria, and this is in we're in the Empowering Mentor class. Um, so it, hopefully you're in the right place. Um, if you're here by accident, we're, we'll welcome you too. So we're glad you're here. A um, couple things that I want you to notice that if you have your um, Synergy application, I've uploaded three different documents that we'll refer to. Um, they are there online for you to pull. You can pull them on your phone or your computer. Um, otherwise, we'll probably explain as much as possible, and I can throw some of them up on the screen so that you're, you're able to follow, okay? So also, we just want you to know that um, part of what we're doing with mentoring, um, we are a part of the leadership task force of the Ohio Ministry Network, and the mentoring task force is one of the many different arms of leadership development serving underneath David Pafford. And it just happens <clears throat> that in your notes, the page opposite of session four is some information about the online learning portal. You can actually go there as a learner and sign up and um, there access courses that are created um, by folks in the network and folks in other churches. And there is a mentoring course that will help you um, get a lot more of the background and depth that you might want. It's, uh, it's called, um, <laughs> it, the, the, the call number is MS101. So uh, if you look for, there's, there's a couple mentoring courses, but it's Introduction to Mentoring. And it's, it's I think the, ment the M is in the uh, call letters, but M101. Okay, so check that out. Um, we're excited about what God's doing uh, through OMN, the Leadership Task Force, and all the other initiatives that we have. So let me tell you just a bit about myself. I am, uh, like I said, Brent Heishman. I am lead pastor at Victory Assembly of God in Newcomerstown, Ohio, which is about 40 miles south of uh, the Canton Football Hall of Fame. Let me ask you a question. If you're way in the back, are you, you hearing me? Pretty good? I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. So I apologize ahead of time. Um, have served as lead pastor there now for 16 years and finished uh, a master's in leadership development just um, a couple years ago. One of the things that I'm going to be talking is to you about with mentoring comes from the practical application of developing leaders in um, a small rural area where um, usually we don't have high-level leaders. They're coming in from scratch. And I found that empowering mentoring is critical in that. Putting them in, in um, relationships is critical for that. So um, what I'd like to ask you is if you came to this class and you had... Um, a wish list of things that you would hear or questions that uh, might get answered. I'd like maybe several of you know there's a lot of us in here. I don't want to take a ton of time for that, but maybe you say, you know what, I'd be disappointed if I don't hear. So help me out with that. What are some of your expectations? And I will do my best to steer us at the end towards that. Anything? 
Yes, ma'am. Mentoring younger generations. Okay. So, targeting younger generations. And when you say younger, do you mean what age group? Um, high school, college students, whatever. Okay. Anything else? Yes. Okay. So cross cross cultural mentoring. Okay. We are looking to develop a mentoring program. What would that look like? Okay. What does mentoring program look like? And what what's your context? Is it a church? Is the context that you're wanting to develop in? No, church and community. Church and community. Okay. Another hand over here. What resources are you needed for human and material to set up a mentoring program for women, older women, younger? Okay, so we're mentoring older women, mentoring younger. Okay. Yes, sir. Qualifications of a mentor. Okay. <coughs> yes. I don't know if we can cover We're doing a mentorship program with women from prisons, women out of prisons. Okay, good. Good. So, um, mainstreaming? them back into the society then? So it's, it's, it's post-incarceration? Yes. Okay. If you will get me... Are you doing a program right now? Yes. If you'll see me right after, I just had a really interesting meeting with a, a group of um, um, prison wardens and uh, in our state that, that are working just on that. So we'll, I'll tell you about it, okay? Any Anything else? Yes? Say that one more time. I heard definition. I didn't hear after that. Okay. Okay. Yep, just taking your questions. All right. I mentioned that we're um, a part of leadership development. That's a lot of what uh, leadership development is doing. So wanted you to kind of uh, check out OhioLeaders.net, and you'll find a lot of great resources there and a lot of people that you can connect with, okay? So that's www.OhioLeaders.net. Dot net, and you'll see it at the bottom of the next slide too, okay? So where, where I want to go this afternoon is talk about the why, the who, and the how of mentoring um, and then allow for a time of Q&A at the end. So that's where, where we're going, okay? So first of all, um, I, think, I think it's really, really important on so many levels to understand how important motivation and urgency is in doing anything. And I think that there, there is a, a lot of um, 
biblical motivation. It's near to the heart of God um, that we are empowering people basically to be the best person they can be, or in our context, the best Jesus they can be. And I want to refer you to Ephesians 4.11. And Christ Himself gave apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the, the purpose is transformation, empowering, building them up towards... And this is so, so important. Towards building them up towards unity in the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, and becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So when we're talking about the vision or the why, is we're, we're mentoring people towards being the best Jesus they can be. Ultimately, probably the broadest statement I can give you, but it is such an important divine urgency to understand that we, we are making a difference in people's lives, helping them become the best Jesus they can be. So I want to define that just a little bit. We'll walk through this quickly. But um, if, if we look at the mission of Christ, as, as, as Ephesians talks about, God gave specific gifts prophets, pastors, the, the five-fold ministry there. What is their goal? Their goal is to work on the body of Christ to make them Christ-like. That's, that's the operation of, of those gifts. We help people be like Jesus to attain Christ-like character, and we help people to do Christ-like things. And John 14 says, and even greater things. So in some sense, if you pardon the analogy, is we're literally helping people be the best Jesus they can be and to be super Jesus. To be able to, for, for our King to applaud us and say, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous opportunity to invest in people and help them become what God wants them to be. Okay, so pretty much the divine urgency, um, the, the, the why, we've talked about that. I also want to just remind you that when you're sitting down with a person, it's critical in order to motivate them towards life change is you've got to present the why and the vision. So some of what um, I, I gave you um, will be helpful in identifying who's willing and what you do with them once you find a willing person. Now, I'm different from some people. If you're breathing and I can finagle you, I'm going to mentor you. <laughs> if, I, if I can draw you into my world, um, I, I'm, going, I, I'm going to do my best to try uh, to mentor you. Um, so I'm really just looking for willing people. I, I, I don't want to take time with folks who really are going to be, you know, fingers in their ears, not, not listening. So in, in this simple presentation, um, I'm just saying that I'm just looking for somebody that's willing. Okay? And um, I also um, want to spend the bulk of our time talking about what the process looks like. Okay? If you do have your app, 
and, and, and you find on there a, a document entitled Network with Questions. It would be good to pull that out and look at it. We'll be talking about that in a few minutes. If you don't have it, when we get to that point, I will try to put it up on the screen, okay? So how do we mentor? What does it look like? I, I believe that account, accountable growth relationships is probably the best formula for mentoring. Um, each one of those are really critical. I think if we're not helping people become the best Jesus they can be, and it's just about relationship, we're not fulfilling the heartbeat of Jesus. Listen to me. If Jesus was your mentor, He would wrap you up and change you. He would love you, yes, but He would wrap you up and empower you and change you and send you out to change His world. And every time I question, what, what am I doing and where are we at? I, I, I try to compare who Jesus is and understand that I am able to become, as His Holy Spirit is in me, far more than I believe I am right now. That's just a basic belief you, you have to understand. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you don't believe that, it's difficult to be mentored and it's difficult to empower someone to be mentored. Sometimes you've got to help change people's minds. But that growth with accountability, loving accountability, is we're not just going to chat. We're going to get something done. Okay? And um, it needs to be built in relationships. And I really believe that you can use whatever terms you like, whether it's it's more of the, the, modern, the, the contemporary language of mentor and peers and mentees. Sometimes I call them up-and-comings. Or spiritual parents, brothers and sisters in the Lord's, and spiritual sons and daughters. However you say that, I think that that growth and that mentoring takes place best in clusters of people investing in your life. So you may have a number of mentors, a number of peers, and hopefully lots of mentees or up-and-comings, a number of spiritual parents, a number of spiritual brothers and sisters who are going to hold you accountable and bloody your nose if you don't do what you said you were going to do, and a bunch of folks that you can just share your experience with and say, well, I know what doesn't work. How many of you can tell people what doesn't work? Then, then someone asks, What's, how, do you, how are you qualified to be a mentor? Well, I'm not talking about a clinic, clinical mentor in a profession, but I'm talking now about you using the concept of mentoring in your own relationships. I just think you, you need to be able to tell people what you know and what you're learning. Um, it, and it can be that simple. It certainly can be very, very complicated. Um, but I'm trying to give you the basic principles so that this is mentoring 101 so that everybody can do it. I am out to change the culture. Everybody's a mentor. Anybody watch Ratatouille? Yeah. Everyone can cook, right? And who's the Pharisee that's going to say, and who, sh- but, but should everybody, right? I mean, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Even I can, yeah, even a rat, you know, a rat like me, right? 
All right, so I want to break down a little bit about what we're aiming at. How, how are we going to touch people's lives? And so maybe this will help you um, as we're looking through the mission of, of the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists is that there are those who should help people see like Jesus. There are those who should be visionary like Jesus, to be able to lead like Jesus, to be able to leverage resources for the kingdom like Jesus. Okay? I know this is a lot, um, but I want to give you a quick overview. Prophets, simple terms. They should help people love the Father like Jesus loves His Father. I want to be a prophet like Jesus. I want to proclaim the gospel like Jesus. I want to worship like Jesus. There are myriads of things that would fall in underneath those. I want, I want, I want to read the Word of God like Jesus would read it. I want to encounter the presence of, of heaven like Jesus would encounter the presence of heaven. Okay? Why, why am I talking about this? Not to lose you again, is because we're looking at now is what, what are we going to be mentoring towards? We're trying to mentor people towards Christ's likeness. And so I want them to be able to love the Father like the Son loves the Father. Okay? Also, we want um, from, from pastors, we want uh, people to love others like Jesus loves others to connect others to the body of Christ like Jesus would connect them. To care for others like Jesus would care. Teachers, to receive ministry from Jesus. I think it's sometimes the first step is is to help people learn how to receive from God. Receive ministry from Him. To minister to others like Jesus would minister. To become a disciple of Jesus. And then make disciples like Jesus would make them. Then lastly, um, the evangelists. We want to gather people like Jesus. Witness like Jesus. Share God's love agenda to the nations like Jesus. Reproduce evangelists and evangelism like Jesus. Okay? So, as we walk through those, we want to lead like Jesus. How many of you know some people that need to to lead themselves? That would probably be step one. We want them to be able to have a vision and see down the road, play the movie out like Jesus can see it. We want them to take the resources that God's given them and manage them wisely and leverage them for their success and their purposes. We want them to encounter God. We want them to have great, loving, healthy relationships. We want to help them to be good at relationships. We want to mentor them towards being a good student and a learner and a good teacher and a, and a uh, a mentor to help people become the best they can be. And we also want to mentor people towards being um, a great spokesman for the kingdom, a, a great proclaimer of the gospel of Jesus Christ as an evangelist. I want you to notice in the diagram, this is, this is the mentor, this is me. God's given 
these wonderful gifts to the church to work on me. Think, think of this as blades, maybe set in different places, but this is a spindle of wood and it's spinning. And those blades are there shaping me into the image of Christ. That's what, that's what those offices do. That's what the church is supposed to do. The church, when you come onto our grounds, even here at Upper Arlington High School, we should be working on helping you become the best Jesus you can be. And it's a cooperative effort of all those gifts working together. So, um, when you, if, you, if you're asking the question, where do I start? I just gave you way more than you'll be able to start with. But I want you to know that there are a zillion things. I'm not even sure, is that that a number anymore? A zillion things that you can help people with in their lives. Okay? Now I want to get real practical for a minute and turn our attention to that network that I spoke to you about. Let me see if I can pull it up here. And PowerPoint is saying, I have control of your screen. Is it gone? It's El Gano. Okay, all right. There we are. Okay, so this is the document that I was telling you about that's on uploaded. You're, able, you're welcome to use that. Um, this, is the, this is what I would call a very simple constellation model of mentoring or network of, of mentoring. Um, you're going to put yourself or the mentee in the middle, okay? Um, and I always believe that in order to f- determine where we're going and who's going to help us in this process, I'm always looking for what is the next step that person needs to make. So I will, I will say to somebody... Um, I've been praying, and I really believe that God wants to do a work in your life. Um, I need some help in my ministry, but I'm, and I believe you can, you can help me. And so I want to help you. I want to invest in you so that you can be the best person you can be. And in return, I'm just asking you to help me. I'm asking you to help me grow the church, grow the ministry, grow my outreach, minister to those ladies that are coming um, out of prison, um, minister to the young people in my community, the kids, high school kids, the college students. I'm just looking for you to, to help me in this process, whatever it is. So it's kind of an exchange there. I'm giving them buy-in. And then I, I ask them, I say, what, what is it? that you sense in your heart that's an urgency for you that would be a step forward in your life, whether it's a spiritual step or even a, a, a job thing or, or whatever. But I'm asking, I'm quizzing them and asking those questions. Uh, what life goal do you need to reach? What skills and abilities do I need to reach that goal? So somebody throw something out. If I was talking to you and you say, wow, this would be really good if I could give me something to put in the blank there. I have an area in my life 
next step growth. I would love to be here in a month's time. What would you say? Okay, not fearful. Okay, how many could relate to that? How, how many of you have lived for, with fear way too long? Okay, <laughs> so, so that's a great goal. As, as a spiritual person, I'm saying, yeah, let's get fear out of the way. Okay, so, so we're going we're gonna to say, I, I, I want to be, I don't want to be fearful, but I'm going to ask you, define that for me. What's it going to look like in a month for you to be less fearful? What's it going to look like in, in three months for you to be less fearful? Try to find what the, maybe the source is. Maybe it's what Steve Brannon just talked about, the fear of sharing your faith. Okay, now I kind of know what direction we're going. The fear of what? What are you afraid of? So we, we hone that down and we ask, what's it going to look like when we come back so we can launch the balloons and celebrate um, your victory? What's it going to look like in a month from now or three months from now, however t- long that time period is, that you've reached this goal? Okay? You know, maybe it's, maybe it's a kid. I'm going to be able to walk the halls in ninth grade and face down that bully. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to go to, to sleep at night at peace knowing that my kids are being taken care of. Okay, I know that my finances, I, I'm gonna, there's going to be a sense of, of peace in my life. Whatever that looks like, we've got, you've got to be able to measure that goal. So I say, great. Okay, so here's, here's where we're at. We're, we're trying to deal with fear in your life. Um, what obstacles are in the way? What obstacles are in the way? <laughs> the fear of fear. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> my own thoughts. My own thoughts. Okay, so, so what's going on in my head? Good. Good. The unknown. Okay. How many of you know we'll always be faced with the unknown? How many of you know there are, there's always thoughts going on in your head? How many of you know that you can ask the Holy Spirit to teach you to let Him be Lord of your head instead of you? Or the devil walking through your brain, wiping his feet off like a welcome mat in your head anytime he pleases? <laughs> That's right. So, so you're, you're beginning to see, okay, this is where, this is where we're aiming at. We've got to, we're going to have to help um, with maybe it's thoughts. Maybe it's... Um, Specifically, when you're asking about the unknown, the next thing is, what unknown? <laughs> I'm going to be dialing down, trying to get down to, let's be specific, because we don't want to leave this session with it so, uh, this mentoring so broad that we really don't know what we're supposed to do and how we're going to know if we get there. So it could be that we're going to conquer one fear. I'm going to go zip lining because I'm afraid of heights. I'll take you to Heartland and push you. <laughs> Can help you with that. <laughs> um, so so we, we want to look at the obstacles. Then we, we want to see, is there a skill involved? If it's with 
our minds, sometimes it takes a little bit of probing. So, so what, what does your mind look like? <laughs> what goes on in your mind? How do, you, how do you change what you're thinking about if you're thinking about something that's fearful? Do you, do you know how to do that? Can I show you how to do that? So it, become, it becomes simple first steps. So once you have the goal, you kind of understand the skills and the abilities, obstacles. There's also that issue of character and competencies that come into place. We might be dealing with a character issue. We might be dealing with um, just emotional competency issues. So you, you try to identify that as much as possible, and then here comes here comes the part that makes it accountable, relational, and growth-centered. Is sometimes, I think for me, I have to understand that I'm not that mentor for this person. And so my job as a mentor may be to go find somebody that's a lot better than I am. And that's okay. That's why there's more than one circle up there. I might, be the, I might be the spiritual dad, but I don't know how to change the oil. I don't know how to fix this one. So I'm going to go find someone else that I can trust. And the more mentors people have, the better connected they are. Okay? So, so we, we may recommend someone else tie in a relationship. Let, let me say this. I, I think developing a culture of mentoring, you have to do two things. Those of you that want to be a mentor, you, you're going to have to prime the pump because people look at you and go, are you crazy? You know, I, I don't get that. That just makes me feel uncomfortable. You mean you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna make sure I'm doing this? You're going to call me up? You know, because we're all about lack of accountability, Right. We've got to set the stage, but, but accountability is how we're going to help you. So you may have to prime the pump and pull them in. The same time is if they're not willing to do it, it's not going to work. So it's, 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 it's both. Yes, sir? With urgency. With urgency. So urgency, urgency is, is whatever the deal is, is. Are you? I'm telling you, I can help you overcome some of this fear if you'll trust me enough what's an obstacle they don't trust anybody i know you guys are laughing at the table they don't trust so trust me give me a chance and let's see if we can't eliminate some of this fear that's how i would that's what i would do certainly it has to be in relationship yes sir yeah okay so, so the mentors try the best of their ability to add and, and father and parent that person towards their goal. It could be a very simple goal of, I want to hear from God better. So if I want to find people to mentor them that hear from God clearly in their Bible studies, in prayer, in worship, through sermons, whatever they might be. And then I'm going to set up an accountability system for them. I'm going to ask their peers in the next month, 
as you are reading the Word in your devotions, by the way, we're going to do devotions in this, another layer of accountability, I want you to write down what comes to your heart when you're reading. Well, how do I know that that's not just me? Of course it's you, silly. It's your head. It's your brain. Does it sound like something Jesus might say? That's how you get past that... um, conversation starter work around it and say that we're not i'm not grading you we're not going to make sure that it's perfect i'm not going to say you're a false prophet because i don't agree with what you think jesus said i'm just asking is what are you sensing in your heart when you write down this is what i heard from the word this is what i heard from prayer okay i want to find peers on either side of them, they're going to hold them accountable. That, that just simply means I say to the person I'm mentoring, I need you to talk to a couple people, and I want, I want to know their names, because we're going to write them down here, and I'm going to follow up on you, but they're going, to, they're going to knock your brains out if you're not doing your devotions and doing your assignments. And you're going to share with them what you're doing. So it's, it's accountability. Then lastly, is who can you just brag to? Who can you celebrate with? Or who can you commiserate with if you're an abject failure um, the next time we meet here? You know, what, who can you talk to? Um, so it just becomes people investing, people holding accountable, and me sharing my wins with them. Okay? All right, I'm going to take a breath and a drink. And I want to know that was, and I know that, but I really want to take some time as we've got, what do we got till quarter after? Is that right? Or three? Okay. I want, I want to take some time to process what we talked about and also find out from you what other questions you might have, maybe some obstacles that are standing in your way. Okay. So let me ask this question. If I handed you this piece of paper, would you know what to do with it? Because I think it needs to be simple. Okay, I will tell you that there are people that I've handed this piece of paper to and they didn't like it. And it hurt my feeling, my last one. Um, because it cost me $10,000 in a master's program to, for this piece of paper. So it hurt my feeling that they didn't like it and they threw it away or they left it somewhere. That's a lot of money sitting there on the table. Um, but some people, some people are going to freak out when you put a piece of paper in front of them. What does that tell you? If you set this in front of somebody and, and they start freaking out, they have a fear of what? It might be commitment. It might be what this building is. It feels like school. How many people had good experiences in school and maybe some bad experiences? And some of the people that you're looking at, and that feels like homework. Yuck. So if that's the case, don't show them the paper. Start with, I want, I want to help you be the best Jesus you can be. Okay? And find out what God's doing. They may be very, very quick and bright and be able to pick out a goal right away. You may have to mentor them through picking out a goal. That's why we went through the first part. Is I'm, I, I want to know, do they hear from God clearly? 
Because if I'm going to use them ministering to these ladies, I want them to be able to know what God's saying. Right? So to me, that's, that's so important is I want them to get comfortable being able to, in their prayer time, in their Bible study, when, when Pastor Welly's preaching, to be able to hear what God is saying to them through the Word of God. So I might pick that first one if they're, if they're struggling. Okay? Questions about this process on this piece of paper? What's your, what's your observations? What are your comments? If you have someone who is already in a place of some responsibility and there's an obvious need for some continued growth, but they seem unwilling to receive mentoring, how do you motivate them? Are they on staff? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Are they, are they an employee? Oh, okay. Uh, that's, that's how you do that first thing. Um, you know, I, I think I'm asking, I'm asking why. Why are you uncomfortable with this? Okay. So it, maybe they're lazy, David. And you probably know that already if that's the case. It could be that their emotional intelligence levels in this social atmosphere of interacting is really low, and that's making them nervous. They're hyperventilating. So, you know, those are, those are things that, you know, you have to look at. But, um, and, and then sometimes they're just not ready. Is that, you, know, you knew that answer. But where would you go then? So you find out that they're not ready for mentoring, they need mentoring, they need to grow, they have some responsibility. Do you just give them time? Do you help them find another position? Do you help them transition out? Or do you or do you take some novel approach that I've never heard? <laughs> I don't know if this is novel, but this is where I'm at. If they'll give me five minutes, I'll take five minutes. If they'll give me five hours, I'll take five hours on a volunteer basis. So I'm trying to decide how much they're going to give me. And if they're a five-minute person, then I'm probably okay if they're doing whatever they're doing. But if, if what they're doing requires them to raise somebody up underneath them and their lack of ability to do that, slowing things down, that's when I have the other conversation. Yes, sir. Uh, I was, I'm trying to integrate some of the uh, components of coaching into your mentoring thing. It's like coaching is a complement to the mentoring process. And in a situation like he was just sharing, good probing questions that cause him to introspectively answer and be held accountable for his own answer. You know, help me understand how being a lazy bum is a day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Which, which such tact is why I just want it's so tactful anybody that needs a tactful mentor <laughs> good no that's good yes I'll tell you one of the things that has been helpful for me in that situation when I have a resistant mentee in that situation is that I have to refocus my efforts because if my message is not getting through to them from this approach I need to choose another and one of the optional things to do, one of the optional things to do is instead of focusing
focusing on the deficit areas in that person's life, look at the things that they're doing well, and get them to understand that you see what they do well. And if you focus on that what they're doing well, they'll trust you with what they aren't doing so well at. So you've really got to focus on the strength of that mentee and build that trust relationship before you're allowed to confront them on the things that they're not doing so great at. It's good. Couple, yeah. Go ahead, Katrina. Exactly. Um, and to be honest with you, as, as I did leadership development, um, I was trained in mentoring, coaching, and consulting. And I recognize that in, in my area of expect, expertise, developing leaders from scratch, coaching people that don't know how to do something frustrates them and me. So I, I found myself doing both of them simultaneously. Other hands? I thought I saw another hand. Yes. Is it not true that sometimes the willingness of the person you're mentoring, you can you can gain ground rapidly, but with some it may take years. Are you willing as a mentor to spend that time doing life with someone? Yeah, and I think I think you have to gauge that. I in my in my head, um, I, I think you have like red light, yellow light, green light mentors. So you have some people, and the light's red right now. They're they're making maybe a little bit of progress. Maybe it blinked orange for a minute and it's red again. And you've got to have those warriors that will stay in the trenches with them. Okay, if you're if you're a process person, that's going to be more difficult. But some people are really good at caring for them, investing in them, trying to get them healthy, and on to that next track. Others may be better in between those two as a yellow uh, caution light or somebody that's ready to run. There are some people who are ready to rock and roll with people who are ready to go and grow. So I think you have to, as a, as a mentor, dis- discover who you work best with. Um, and you're going to do a little bit of that with everybody, but don't kill yourself. But typically, I think that we fool ourselves thinking that it's going to be a quick thing. I've been mentoring someone for over five years. And, you know, it's like one step forward, three steps back. You have to really be willing to walk through life. You don't just teach them something and they let them go. So I, I don't 
think we realize that when we volunteer for mentoring. It's a long process. And, and again, let me let me say, I I agree, I agree that in a lot of times it is. That's why I use the term family, spiritual parents, brothers and sisters in the Lord, sons and daughters. In a church setting, you've got to have those long suffering moments with people. Okay, um, but if if you are a person that's going to kill them if they don't change in a day, then please don't take those babies that are stuck. <laughs> yes. He said something earlier. He said something earlier that I added to what he just said is I had to learn in dealing with people in prison environments. They learned another way of life and they lived that way for so long yeah. that it is not. I'm like, I'm, what he said, I was always the person who. Let's go, let's start at point A. It's a year later, we ought to be at point F. But now we're back here on B, sometimes A. I had to learn to go into mentoring and not have my own agenda, but go there to meet that person, to mentor them. And I had to learn that it's not about me and how good I am at mentoring and how good I am with people. But I had to go hmm. and meet them or learning to go. I haven't got it yet. I'm learning to go and leave my own, not with my own agenda, but hear them and listen to them mm-hmm. and try to become that positive, that mentor that most of them have never had, that positive person that believes the best, hopes for the best, sees the best, and not get burned out. <laughs> Is there such a thing as personal boundaries and not letting them suck it all out of you? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> I can feel, I can feel the passion in that question. She she was asking, is there such a thing as personal boundaries and not letting them suck everything out of you? Yes. You you don't do that person any um, favors by allowing them um, never to hear a no. So they, they need to be able to hear a no and respect a no and, and, and just say, I, I remember when I was in Macon, Georgia, my first pastorate, we had a, a, a Christian daycare called Sunshine Lane and um, we had about 150 kids under the age of four. And one of our dear, dear, dear ladies that everybody loved, my son, my daughter loved her, and all the kids loved her, Miss Geraldine. We're in, we're in the South, so it was Miss Geraldine. And those little kids would hang on Miss Geraldine's hand, and, and they would say, can we go home with you, Miss Geraldine? And she would look at them and say, no, honey, I have had you all day long. It's your parents' turn. <laughs> So boundaries. There's sometimes that you just have to set those boundaries. Very kind, but no, it's time for you. Yeah, yeah. Good point. And if if you tend to struggle with boundaries, a great book, Cloud and Townsend, has a book called Boundaries, and it will set you free. It's a good, good book. 
Um, just the book, the book is Boundaries, and I think the two authors are Cloud and Townsend. Is that right? I think part of it is you have to know the people that you mentor. Like, I wouldn't mentor, I personally, I don't think I'm called to mentor say mentoring leadership in church that's totally different than mentoring women in prison so you got to know the people you're called to know the people that you're working with because people out of prison are totally different than church leadership but you're mentoring church leaders so you would mentor me the way you mentor somebody out of prison exactly and and i could say vice versa is is that it's really different to mentor a church leader than it is to mentor someone that's just coming out of prison. And I like you. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Can you share some of the resources that we have on leadership development as it relates to traditional Yeah, there's a, there's a book by two Clintons called The Mentor's Handbook. Um, both authors have the same last name. I don't know if they're related or not, but um, but that that is a that's kind of like a manual on mentoring. There are there are a ton of again. It's the Clinton is the authors, and it's the Mentor's Handbook. I think is that right? Yeah, Robert. Robert But if you Kindle that, Google that, whatever, you'll, it, it'll come up. And, but it is, it is kind of an um, owner's manual for mentoring. It's not really just a great read. It's kind of a, an owner's manual. There's also s- some great handouts. If you go to OMN's online learning portal and sign up for that and go to the mentoring, the Introduction to Mentoring course, there are great cliff notes on that handbook. I, Dave, I don't know if you prepared those or Renee Brathwaite did, but somebody did a great job. Um, and those handouts are, are worth going through um, the effort of signing up for that class and taking it and, and going through it. They're really good stuff. Yes, through Ohio, OMN's online learning portal. And there's a young lady with her hand up in the back there. But I'm going to give you this. That's on that page. In your book. Yep, that's it. Yes. Yeah. David, I don't know if, if there's something specific. I d- so I recommend a book called the, uh, it's called the Joshua Portrait. Joshua Portrait. So there's a there's several leadership succession uh, in the biblical narrative, and one of the big ones is of course Joshua and Moses, and it chronicles uh, kind of that transition. So that's good for a lot of There's uh, there's some others, but a lot of the skill sets are transferable. Uh, that Bryce, Pastor Bryce talking about. I mean, you should literally put those students in uh, in those categories and peers in. I, 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 want, I, I want to be able to do that with, with seven and eight-year-olds, to be able to say, okay, we're, we're going to obey mommy this week. Okay? So who's, 
So who's going to hold us accountable? The children's pastor. And we're going to tell on each other Sunday morning if we don't. And then we're going to be able to brag to the three-year-olds that we did our job. I mean, it's, but, but in, in, try, in trying to, I, in some sense, um, I, I don't want to do mentoring a disservice by making it too simple. But my goal here is to, is to create a culture and, and to help everybody get their feet wet and say, okay, this is, this is a way that I can begin to jump in and change my own kids' lives. This is a way we can, we can change our staff at church or, or any community organization. Really. Yes? You talked about asking people what their goals are. Um, at what point in mentoring do you point things out of, like, this is something that you may be blind to or an area that you need to grow in? I think initially I'm just trying to get buy-in and trust. So if I feel like they don't trust me yet, I'm going to let them pick and we're going to get some wins. When I've earned that trust, that's when I'm going to say, you know what, I know that's something you really want to do, but you probably need to take care of this first. And so that's where I would, would insert that. But um, it, it really is. That's, again, why it's got to be in a relationship because you don't, you don't know that. And believe me, you're going to make mistakes. and People aren't going to like you sometimes. Just like you didn't like your parents. How many of you ever had an, a, a falling out with your mom and dad? Nobody. Um, how many ever had a falling out with their brothers or sisters? Or a little brother? I mean, that's, listen, can I just say this? That happens all the time in our families. If it happens in church, we're going, I can't believe it. We're so unspiritual. Give, everybody take a deep breath. The safest place on the planet to have a bad day should be at church because the altar is only a few feet away. <laughs> so be on your best behavior at home and act like yourself at the church because we can straighten you out. <laughs> Other questions? You guys ready to go? Yes. You know, I, I, I would just say, I think one of the keys are recognize when it's outside of your ability, calling, and skill set. I think you can always be a spiritual parent to somebody like that, but if they're really struggling and there's professionals involved, I think you want to try as much as possible to. Hey, uh, as long as you're feeding this person, I, I need you to be responsible for this person. Um, and I need you to be So I, I, I want to deal with the spiritual. I want to help with you walk with the spiritually. But I can't go there because I can't help you. So, yeah. Okay. So, we're going to have a difference between mentoring and coaching. So, mentoring and coaching some of that. What, like, if anybody's taking AD coaching, what are good as a coach assume about that person? What is it? That they're the expert, and what else? That they're. 
healthy. Functional. Right? Because they're healthy. So coaching, they've got to have level of health as part of the coaching. So maybe require that first? Well, we're talking about mentoring. I'm just I'm trying to help create the separation between coaching and mentoring. So how do you mentor someone like that? You take them back to the Word of God. The Word of God is the ultimate. That, that is the answer to everything. You never deviate from the Word of God. That's your that's the spiritual answer. That's your but, you know, and that's where I know that. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. And that will help. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have to go back. Can I pray for you? Yes. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that Your Holy Spirit is in and on these people and that You're fashioning them into the image of Your Son. Lord, I thank You that, and I just speak this over Your life, that You're going to be the best Jesus You can be. And that You're going to see more growth in Your life in the next three months, the next six months, than you have in all of the years prior, that God's going to just do a powerful work in you and through you in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.